0: Bibles, I'm going to have to ask you to excuse me a little bit. I'm a, a little hoarse. My allergies are just drying me out, man. And uh, so if my voice cracks. I'm not going through puberty anymore, I promise. Uh, so just bear with me. Matthew chapter 8. I just think it's funny about how this is about to go. So feel free to laugh. But uh, I like Mrs. Ryle's, sto- uh, Mrs. Ryle's song, you know, to the storm uh, passes by. It's important to know that storms are inevitable. Sometimes, like Dorian, they are far enough away where there seems to be ample time to prepare for it so that there can be minimal damage. It may mean you going to the store and getting stuff to board up your house or getting non-perishable foods and water. It may mean getting gas because everyone's getting gas at once. A lot of these things are going on. But sometimes storms, uh, they give you enough time for you to realize that you can prepare for them. At the same time, on the contrary, sometimes storms run up on you, man, just so fast that before you know it, you're caught right in the eye of the storm with no preparation at all. I know this is a little funny, but we are, while we are watching for, you know, a Category 5 now hurricane to potentially, you know, rock our world here, um, I want to talk to you today about your personal. I want to talk to you about your personal, your personal storms. How do you deal with them? What do you do when you feel like you're taking in water? When, when you're battling these storms? So, in a little message uh, that I've entitled "Man Handling Hurricanes," "Man Handling Hurricanes," I want to talk to you about how to get the upper hand on your storms. Matthew chapter eight, verse twenty-three. We'll read the text, and then we're gonna have a short word of prayer. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, it says, And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the seas obey him? Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for your son. I pray that you would meet with us here, Father, and that you would, uh, that you would speak to the church the way that you spoke to me, Father. And we'll give you all the honor and glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray and we're thankful. Amen manhandling hurricanes. What do you do when the storm comes up so fast that you don't have any time to prepare for it? I believe that scripture gives us a gorgeous insight on how to battle these storms. So are you ready for this church? Anybody wants to know how to handle their hurricanes? We're going to talk about it. Number one, if you're a note-taking person, you have to realize you're never really alone in the storm you have to realize that you're never really alone in the storm. See, a lot of times when we read our Bibles, we can kind of bypass some of the most important information. Look at verse 23. It says, And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. Right off the bat, before they even got to worrying about the storms, they had Jesus in there, in the midst of them already. Already. One of the first things I noticed in this passage, fact that the disciples went into the ship with Jesus. I can't imagine ever being afraid knowing that the Lord of Lords is walking with me. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine walking around with Jesus and being afraid of anything. Anybody else agree with me? Knowing that you've been in part of his inner circle, you've seen all the stuff that he does. I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's a storm. Let's see what Jesus Christ is going to do. This is going to be so awesome. I get to watch him be demonstrative of his power. I'm so excited. This is going to be so awesome. He's going to tear this up. This is going to be awesome. Then why do we do it every day? We panic. We freak out. We we get overwhelmed by anxiety and all the things that are going on in our lives. We do it every day. But here's the truth. Jesus Christ told the disciples, it is expedient for you that I go because if you don't, the comforter will not come unto you. He said, I sent you the comforter. You need to understand this, is that he never left you. He never left you. As a matter of fact, he promises that in his word over and over again. He says, and lo, I am with you, even unto the end of the earth. And yes, that was a promise that he made to the disciples, but it carries over to us. He says, man, I want you to understand that I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Before you ever walk into the storm, you're not alone in it. You're not alone in it. And we fail to realize that the most the most powerful part um, of this comes from the fact that Jesus Christ is with was with them. I feel like such a hypocrite every time I see the disciples do anything because I get in there and I shake my head and I'm saying, man, I can't believe y'all are doing that, but we do it every day, following the same footsteps that 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 they do and if anything, I feel like I feel like personally if I knew and I believed back then that Jesus Christ you know was the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings that he was the God man and all those things, I feel like I would be a little bit reckless. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'd be a little bit reckless. I'm like, I'm walking, I'm walking with Jesus. What are you gonna do? You know? How is this gonna hurt me? There's no way. I would, I would, I would, ex- I would explore, man. I would explore. And I can, I can see Jesus Christ telling me, Xavier, you're gonna have to watch out. children, Psychologically, is that children will only do stuff like that when they feel safe. You ever notice how you ever notice how toddlers act? They they're in this weird spot where they want the independence that they want, but they want to be able to have mommy and eye shot. You know what I'm saying? So that's why they'll before they climb up on that thing they're not supposed to climb up on, they'll look back. Number one, because they know they're not supposed to do it. Usually they have that smile on, like yeah, yes, I am. And also, it's because I know that if I call out for mommy, she'll come get me. You ever seen a little a little toddler try to climb up, uh, go to the park, and they're trying to uh, get up on the slide by themselves? But halfway up the ladder, they get scared. Mommy, 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 right? And they want you to come help them up or get them down. Or It was so funny. I saw a, uh, I saw a little video um, on Instagram. And what happened is the, the man, he took his daughter to McDonald's, and they went in the little playpen. Well, she climbs up in the playpen. Uh, in the little the little uh, tunnels, and she gets stuck, starts panicking. Daddy, come get me. Daddy, come get me. He says, just come back down the way that you came. No, come get me. No, come get me. So this giant, like, 6'3 man is, like, climbing up the little tubes at McDonald's. Has this sickness and she's just trying to get she's just trying to get to Jesus and all she can't talk to him, she can't call out to him, but she just grabs his garment. And the Bible says that virtue left him. And he said, Who touched me? And of course the disciples missing it like they always do, right? They're like, Everyone's touching you, Jesus. We're in a crowd of people. He says, No, someone touched me. And virtue left That faith. Hey, are you still tapping into that faith? Here's the truth. We're visual people. We're visual people, and because we're visual people, things that are not physically tangible we don't want to believe in. Remember, may I remind you that faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things unseen, or I, it's something like that, right? You have to realize that you're going to have to step out on faith. We read another, another passage where the where the where the, the disciples are off in another ship and the winds are doing the same thing that the winds are doing and the waves. Christ is walking out on the sea, and in the midst of the storm, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come out onto the water. And yeah, we we get on to Peter because he sank, but he was the only one to step out of the boat. He was the only one to step out of the boat, and then when he fell, he was close enough to Christ for him to reach up and just reach down and grab him. My question to you is, do you realize that in the midst of your storms that you are never really alone? That you are never really alone. It's something for us to to understand that we got to, for lack of a better phrase, man, we got to get our faith up. We got to get our faith to a place where we can really believe that God has it under control. That God is sovereign and that God is in it with us. Before they walked into the boat, they should have already had the peace and the assurance that Christ was with them. But we're going to see how this unfolds. Verse 2, or or number 2, look at verse 24. It says this, And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Number 2, realize that storms are inevitable. Realize that storms are inevitable. Not only are you never alone in the storm, but you have to realize that storms are inevitable. Sometimes storms creep up on us, and sometimes we have to realize that we have to stay ready so that we don't have to get ready. You know, what I, you know what I'm trying to say? If you know that the storms are already coming, you should be ready already. You should already be ready. See, this sea was known for violent storms and causing trouble for sailors. And besides that fact, they knew that Christ was present in the boat, and they should have known when the storms were come, would come who they were in the midst with. Your storms are going to come. And do you know what kind of advantage you have to that? You know why the world, you know how many slow down. This week I've been getting messages from people all over the country saying, are you okay? Are you safe? Are you prepared? And stuff like that. Meanwhile, I'm walking outside yesterday with shorts and slides on, casually going on about my day because I've been through Irma and Francis and all the other ones in the alphabet. And you know, sometimes we got to be careful because that can make us a little bit reckless. But what what advantage do I have People in Arizona didn't have. I'm used to it. I've, I've 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 gone through storms worse than this before. As a matter of fact, four category four storms hitting you at once. I mean, we've we've it's it's been that way. We've we've been through harder times. That gives you a major advantage when you are already aware that the threat is looming. How many ladies today have a purse with them? Who has a purse? You got a purse with you, Miss Angelica, Miss Miss Shirley? Anybody else carrying a purse? All right, Miss Lee, I see you back there. Man, women's purses are like magical boxes. They're like magical boxes. At any point in time, I can say, babe, do you have this? And she'll pull out hand sanitizer. Do you have this? Well, she's got ChapStick. Do you have this? She's got a pen. She's got a scratch piece of paper. She's got all kinds of weird stuff. But one thing that's really funny that used to happen when I was at PCC is you'd see the ladies pulling umbrellas out of their purse. And maybe those little extension umbrellas, you know, and it extends, and you can open it up, and they don't really do much for you, but they're cute, right? But man, they pull those umbrellas out of their purse, and why? Because they understood that in Florida, the water, or the the weather is unpredictable, and that anytime walking to class, you could get soaked. Man, one day I was walking back from class to my dorm. I was at the farthest building from my dorm, and man, I got caught in a torrential downpour, and man, you could see everything. I mean, I was just drenched, man. You could, And I was walking to class and everyone's like, you know, because you can just, it's, it's just awful. I got, I got caught slipping, right? I didn't get, I didn't, you know, I'm the kind of person where that kind of put me out a little bit. I'm not wearing, I'm not carrying no umbrella. I'm not going to, people steal umbrellas. You know, you have the umbrellas outside, they have the little cubbies for them, and people would just take your umbrella. But the fact is, you can actually be prepared for your storms. My question for you was, how prepared are you for yours. If storms are inevitable, how prepared are you for yours? You're saying, pastor, how can I know that storms are coming? How can I know how to how to be prepared? The truth is you've been through storms before. You've been through storms before. Illustration. I was walking outside on Friday, right? This is letting us know a few days in advance that the hurricane is already coming. And it's one of those things where You ever notice that on the beach, that uh, the waves usually pull out, and then they come out pretty hard? Usually you can see uh, when tsunamis come, they're so devastating because the water will draw so far back, and then it'll just come and just overwhelm everything. You can usually tell, if you pay attention, you can usually tell when it's getting ready to storm. The air, the humidity is almost gone sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, uh, Miss Lissette is over there. We were, uh, I stopped by her place yesterday on the, on the way out of their neighborhood. And uh, they were outside doing some preparation. And she was just talking about how still everything felt. You can tell that that hurricane is drawing powers, drawing moistures, doing all that stuff. You can usually tell when that storm is coming. Hey, are you used to those warning signs? Are you used to those warning signs? And yes, sometimes they come up on you really fast. But the truth is you've been through storms before. The calm before the storm. The sky was sunny. I walked outside of our apartment today, and I looked up, and I said, "Wow, the sky is so pretty today." Who would think that a hurricane is coming? Who would think it's beautiful outside? Humidity was low. It was for ten minutes, but it was low. And I was like, "Wow, it was pretty." But I know better than Florida, right? I know that you can walk outside. You can. I, I've seen it before, Church. Where I have walked in the front door of my of my house, and it, it be raining. And by the time I get to the back, I look out my window, there's no rain there. Like the rain it, the water, the rain is that the weather here is that predictable or unpredictable, excuse me. It's just weird. It's 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 obscure. But one thing that you find out that you can understand and you can be aware of is that you know how to keep your guard up because you've been there a while. Here's the truth. I like being transparent with your church. You know that, right? I'm in a place right now, personally where I feel like my faith is really being tested. I feel like my faith is really being tested right now. For several reasons, my faith is being tested. But you know what the second thought that followed up after that, Brother Boggs, was? I'm due. I'm due. I felt like, um, for to be honest, if I can say this without sounding braggadocious, but um, I think I'm a pretty strong person. I'm not shaken very easily. I've been around the block a few times to know that the Lord does what the Lord does, and Very few things bring me stress and anxiety and and overwhelm me too much because I know God will take care of it. And this is not one of those seasons. This is one of those seasons where it's really scary and the anxiety threatens and all these different things. And in in the midst of that, I said, you know what? I'm due for it. It's been a while since I've felt like this. or with these circumstances, but it's important for us uh, to realize that we use this statement all the time. You're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or you're about to go into one. So you may be the person that just finished getting out of one and you're like, man, I can breathe for a second. But to you that are sitting in this room that's been a while since you were tested, I would I would gear up. Remember, the fire is not meant to consume you. It's meant to purify. And if these storms are like lifting weights for us and getting our stronger than expect them to come. Storms are inevitable. Storms are inevitable. Number three, we're going to look at verse 24 again. It says, And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, colon, but he was asleep. Number three, you have to realize that God isn't afraid of Storms. You have to realize that God is not afraid of your storms. If anything, Jesus Christ was probably annoyed getting woken up. Now He's God, right? But He's also He's also man, right? And I don't know about you guys. My wife will tell you this. One of my biggest pet peeves is to be woken up from a nap. I don't nap often. I really don't because I don't handle them well. I oversleep, and it feels worse than I went to bed. But I don't like being woken up. I, I start. I start getting really grumpy. And I can imagine, man, Jesus Christ being woken up from his nap, but I digress. The winds were crazy, the waves were crashing, and Jesus was sound asleep. You want to talk about that peace that passes all understanding? Jesus Christ was physically embodying that right then in that moment. I mean, the sailors are there. I can picture them trying to get the water from overboard because remember, the passage says that the water was, the waves were overtaking their ship. And so they're trying to get all the water off. They're probably throwing stuff off, trying not to sink. Everyone's panicking. The the sails are ripping and all kinds of stuff is going on. And Jesus Christ is out cold. Catching Z's. The winds were crazy. The waves were crashing. But Jesus was sound asleep. He just could not worry. I'm telling you, I mean, we're talking about really embodying Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. But common sense, right? I, I hate to use the word, the phrase common sense, because oftentimes sheep lack the ability to demonstrate it. But you would think that with all the times they saw Jesus work, and if they looked around and saw everyone panicking, the boat seeming like it's about to go under, all these things happening, and Jesus Christ was asleep, to be honest with you, church, I feel like I would have just got in bed too. I would have been like, well, let me just change these clothes and let me, get in, let me get in bed. Why? Because the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and end, the all-powerful, the almighty Jehovah God is sleeping during the storm. When the, wave, the waves are about to take the ship under and the winds are tearing the sails up and everyone's in panic and Jesus Christ is asleep, I would have went to sleep too. Because obviously it's not worth stressing over. And I know that's easier said than done, but here's my question. When are you going to stop being afraid of your storms? When are you going to stop being afraid? afraid of your storms. We have two groups of people in this room. We have the people in this room that say, oh man, life is getting hard for me. Things are going on and I'm scared and I'm terrified. And those are natural human fears. But then you have the other group of people in the room that says, man, I've been here before and I've seen God work before. This too shall pass. Which one of those people are you? Which one of those people are you? I know that the storms are big and scary, and I know that they seek to ruin a lot of what's going on in your life, but you have to understand that the thing that, was, that seems like it's there to destroy you is actually there to make you better. You know what makes a sailor a veteran sailor? He's been through some storms. He didn't allow the fact that the, that the waves getting crazy and that it was hard to navigate the ship stop him from going out on another sea journey. He kept going back out there and getting caught in the storms and having times where there's uh, rough waters and, and broken parts on the ship and, and having to float for days because parts were broken or, or things were weren't in order. They, they became veteran sailors so they were able to be skilled and master the seas because they've been through it a few times. Here's the truth you can't be strong without weakness. See, see, people think that strength is the absence of weakness. It's not. Strength is, is seeing weakness and overcoming it. And there's no way that you can train without going through it a little bit, without going through it every once in a while. See, it's important for us to realize that, it, that the, the storm can ruin a lot of things, but it can definitely draw you closer to God, and you can use those storms to your advantage. You can use those storms to your advantage. Here's the truth. Tests turn to testimonies. Are you taking advantage of your storm? Are you taking advantage of it? Number four, I said number one, that uh, you have to realize you're never alone in the storm. Number two, you have to realize that storms are inevitable. Number three, you have to realize that God isn't afraid of your storms. Number four, you have to realize that your faith needs work. Your faith needs work. Look at verse 25. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. There was a great calm. I'm glad that if we have fears or if we have fears that we can take those fears to Jesus. I'm so glad that we can do that. But imagine going to the strongest entity in the universe and telling him that we're all going to die. Jesus, we're going to die. What are we going to do? We're going to die. And I can see Jesus like, really? Do you not know who I am? Do you not know what I do? do you not, have you not been there with me before as I've done, these, done things for you and through you and with you over and over and over again? It kind of cracks me up. But he rebuttals them with a with a statement. He says, why with a question? He says, Why are you so afraid? Why are you fearful? What are you so afraid of? This life, has this life, listen to me, church, has your life really bullied you into thinking that the hurricane is stronger than the Lord? Is that what you are? You've allowed life to beat you up so bad that you you doubt the power of God the power that you've seen happen over and over and demonstrated over and over and over. And if we have to be careful because that's what life see, tends to do is try and beat us up and get us to doubt what it is that God does. There would be no storm without God. And I love it when we see the storms happening that Jesus Christ is sleeping or he's walking in the midst of it. and He's just nonchalant. He's so unfazed by it. And I know, again, it's easier said than done. But can we can we agree that we got to get into the practice of learning to get that way of learning to find peace where there is none of learning to not be overwhelmed when life says that you should be overwhelmed? We said it before, but we got to stop telling God or telling um, God how big our problems are and start telling our problems how big God is because the truth about it now is that if you've been saved for any period of time, you are now a storm veteran. By now, you should know how to navigate through these storms. By now, you should be skilled. By now, by now when the storms come, you shouldn't be, you know, getting in your blanket and, and drinking your milk. You should be like, well, let me go ahead and eat this steak real quick, and then I'm going to get to business. Easier said than done, but we have to learn to get to the point where our faith is consistent. In the Lord. And of course we see Jesus Christ getting up and he's, and he's calming the storm. But the men marveled saying, verse 27, but the men marveled saying, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and the seas obey him? See, of course Jesus gets up and he calms the storm, but fear will tell you that this is the end. This is it for you. Faith will tell you that this is only the beginning. That we're just getting started. Faith will tell you that this is, uh, fear will tell you that this is just too much. Faith will tell you that this is just a warm-up. Hey, fear will try and get dibs on your piece. But faith won't be far behind saying, don't get comfortable, fear, because I'm here. Fear will say, God will not be able to beat this trial. Faith will tell you that God is the only one who can. It's a matter of your spiritual perspective. Has it ever occurred to you that maybe a problem that you have is that your faith might need some work? And that's why you have a hard time navigating through your storms is because you didn't learn from the storms that you had before. Remember, these storms were not meant to crash your ship. They're meant to make you skilled sailors. What are you going to do with it? Hurricane Dorian is supposed to at least wave at us as it's passing by but do you realize that sometimes like how far inland we are that we definitely won't get it as bad as those who are on the coast at its worst if your house is a if you're on a if you have a sturdy house on a on a good foundation your grass may get torn up the new mulch that you just laid in your yard might have to be relayed. You might get some sticks and some branches and stuff. Your your windows might even rattle and even break. But if your house is sturdy, your foundation is sturdy, your house will stand firm. So do you want to know how to manhandle your hurricanes? I'm reminded of a little song that encompasses the whole idea Can I sing it for you real quick? The wise man built his house upon the sand. Oh, no, sorry, that's the wrong lyrics. Here we go. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. And the rain came tumbling down. Do you know the words? The rain came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up, and the house on the sand went splat! The wise man built his house upon the rock, The wise man built his house upon the rock, The wise man built his house upon the rock, and the rain came tumbling down, And the rains came down and the floods came up, The rains came down and the floods came up, The rains came down and the floods came up, And the house on the rock stood firm. It stood firm. See, the key to manhandling your hurricanes is what kind of foundation your house is on. We may not be talking about your physical house right now, but your spiritual house might be the one that's shaking up a little bit. Or you're not able to stand during the storms. Because here's the truth. Check this out. You know what the, what's in between the lines on this song, and I'm done? The rains come down on both foundations. The floods come up on both foundations. But whether the house goes splat or the house stands firm depends on what foundation you're on. So you can manhandle your hurricanes. You'll just have to be tactful in the way that you do it. Let's pray.